Hey, welcome to the Disciple Making Church podcast. And this is uh, the monthly podcast that helps you understand uh, really all things disciple making uh, within the local church. And uh, this month, I'm the host, man. My name is Ken Adams, and uh, I'm the director of Impact Ministries and also uh, the lead pastor of Crossroads Church in Noonan. And joining me today is uh, uh, my buddy Jasper Kent. And uh, Jasper, good to have you, man. Great being here. Yeah, so Jasper is uh, uh, really our worship pastor here at Crossroads Church and also uh, has his hands in a lot of what we do on the weekend. Isn't that right, man? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so today we're going to have a, uh, a little conversation about uh, how does the weekend uh, play into uh, the concept of a disciple-making church. And it's funny because uh, for a lot of people, Jasper, they, they separate the two. And they don't realize that uh, uh, being a disciple-making church and weekend worship are all really actually a big part of that process. So we hope this podcast is going to be helpful uh, give you some things maybe you hadn't thought about before, but also will be very practical, some things that you can use. So uh, if you don't mind, just go ahead and, and, and like it and uh, let us know uh, that you're connecting with us and then share this uh, with some people that you know uh, might find the content here uh, helpful as well. So Jasper, let's start it off with this, man. Uh, I've heard it said uh, a lot. Not sure how many times you've heard it, but uh, a lot of people say it's all about the weekend, yeah. right? All yeah. about the weekend. You ever heard that phrase? I have heard it a couple yeah. times. It's uh, Yeah. Yeah. So what's your thought about that phrase, it's all about the weekend? It's all about the weekend. It probably exists in the church world because so much does revolve around what we do on weekend services, weekend gatherings when it comes to Sundays. Um, but there's still six other days in the week. Mm. And for, I would say, the average church, at least in the West, that is only about an hour of our life mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So it's not really all about the weekend. It matters, yeah. but yeah. there's a huge other part of our yeah. time in our life that exists outside of yeah. that. So. Yeah. And, and do you think, I mean, I, I would think that when people say, and I, I've heard, I've been to conferences, I've been to uh, uh, different seminars, heard it on other podcasts, when, when people say it's all about the weekend, it kind of gives you this idea that that's the beginning and the end. That's where yeah. there's yeah. other stuff, but that's kind of like the, the focus of it all, right? Yeah. 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 Driving people towards that and it's how many people you can get there, how big it is, mm. the quality of it, all of that. Yeah. So, so um, and particularly uh, you're, you're part of this process here at, mm-hmm. at our church, but uh, we would not say it's all about the weekend uh, here at Crossroads Church. And... Uh, and why, why, why would we say that? We would say that because, one, we're a disciple-making church. Within that, we have articulated there's a strategy that we face off of how Jesus did stuff, uh, which is he reached out to the culture, mm. and then he brought them into the crowd. Mm. And so you do see him gathering with a larger crowd of people, and then you see him taking that and having his 12 that he's more connected with mm. and developing in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so for us, those weekend services are just a piece of helping people go from untrained to fully trained. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And so, so what I hear you saying is, is that uh, it's really about a whole process, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And so that's not to say that the weekend's not important. 
Yeah. It's definitely important, right? Yes. But uh, but we see the weekend as being one piece of several pieces mm-hmm. in a process. You said mm-hmm. making fully trained disciples. Yes. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, so if that's the case, then that process, you look at it in the life of Jesus, and Jesus was, uh, that process started with a an invitation, right? Mm-hmm. An invitation yeah. to people that were far from God, people that were in the culture, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then from there, from there, he invited people to come and see what he was about, mm-hmm. what he did. And so we really kind of do that same thing yeah. here at Crossroads, right? Yeah, yeah, we do. So we'll connect with people uh, in the culture. We invite them to that weekend experience, um, and it, from that, try to do. I, I think. What, the way we articulate it is Jesus said, come and see. And then there's a statement that he makes of, you know, when I'm lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. And so our purpose, intent in those weekend services is to make it all about Jesus. Because yeah. we don't believe making it about ourselves changes people's lives, but yeah. rather inviting people, come and see who this Jesus really is. Yeah. Hear his message and hear what he has for your life. Yeah, that's good. So, you know, when I listen to you say that, it makes me think of a, uh, a, a thought that is, so how many people in, you know, how many people in church world, church life, uh, actually think of the weekend experience as a strategic part of the disciple-making process? Probably very few. And that's probably from either one, if you've been raised in a Christian environment, it's just something that you do. Mm. Like if you've just grown up, the, the language would be just going to church. You just go to church. Yeah. This is what my family does. They just yeah. go to church. Yeah. So that's what I do. That's the language around it. Um, or if someone's invited you and they don't understand disciple making and they don't understand what it looks like to be a fully trained disciple and all they've done is invited you to this part of their life, then you come and you might hear a message and you might put your faith and trust in Jesus and start following him, but there's no follow-up from that. And mm-hmm. you just think, this is what I do. I come yeah. to this. Yeah. So I would say the majority majority of people probably don't view it right. as a piece of a process, but rather this is just what Christians do. Right. We just go to church. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, honestly, I think that is exactly the way <clears throat> the majority of people uh, that are even part of a faith family anywhere. That's mm-hmm. that's kind of how they see it. And I would even take it a step further and say that probably even here in a church like ours, which is a disciple-making church, yeah. probably only our leadership understands mm-hmm. that it is, um, it is a very strategic part yeah. of what we're trying to do, right? Yeah. yeah. So, and if that's the case, then clearly what that means is is that we need to be rethinking it, don't we? <laughs> yeah, we do. And yeah. so <clears throat> if we rethink it um, and we think, okay, now now that we see why it's here mm-hmm. and we know what we're trying to do, uh, that literally kind of changes what it looks like, what it feels like, what you're going to experience when you come in the door, what's going to happen when you leave the room, mm-hmm. really all of that, right? Yeah. 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 So, um, so if that's the case, then... Uh, Talk a little bit about how does that look different for, uh, or is it different for the person that comes out of the culture to their first time in the crowd versus the believer, the already convinced, that's coming to the weekend crowd? 
So um, there's the language that's out there that talks about being a seeker-sensitive movement. Um, and, and so you do have that. I think that's probably where a big mantra of All About the Weekend mm -hmm. came into existence as well. Um, and so what we say is we want to be culturally relevant. We don't want our experience to be something uh, that people have no context for within the culture that they're living. So we want to be sensitive to people who are far from God and are invited, but we also want to really strengthen and encourage people of faith who are already following Jesus. So it is not necessarily just a fine line to walk, but we do have to be intentional in that way. So we're trying to be culturally relevant in that way. And the statement that we have is we exist to create these compelling environments. And then it continues with where people encounter God and connect with Christ in his church. And so everyone that steps in should have this experience that's culturally relevant. Um, and within that, there is that nuance of what's culturally relevant for us here in Georgia might not be culturally relevant for people in New York, and it might not yeah. be culturally relevant yeah. for people in California. Yeah. And so we want to be aware of those things. Yeah. So from a stylistic standpoint, from a atmosphere standpoint, mm. we are trying to be intentional with what we're creating in that way. Yeah. So people coming in that have never stepped foot in church say, oh, this isn't that strange, or this right. doesn't feel like it's from the 1800s. Right. Like, this feels now. Yeah. But then within that, in the in equipping and encouraging of believers, we sing songs that are all about Jesus. We mm. don't sing just feel-good songs. This mm. isn't a kumbaya moment. Mm. And then when it comes to the teaching, it's biblical teaching. Right. So there's standards that we are holding ourselves to to say, is this making it all about Jesus? Yeah. Do people know we're not just here to put on a show? Yeah. Wait, we're here to encounter the presence of God together. Yeah. Yeah. So. Man, that is uh, that is so good. In fact, that's just pure gold right there, man. When you made the comment that because Jesus, nobody, nobody in ministry was ever more culturally relevant than Jesus was. Yeah. I mean, Jesus identified with people in the world in which they lived in. It was relevant to their everyday life. But what I love about what you said is is that being culturally relevant changes with yeah. every culture that we're trying to that we're in, right? Yeah. And so, uh, what it looks like even in the in in the south of the United States yeah. versus we have people that are connecting with us from India. Oh yeah. And so it's going to look very different uh, across the mm -hmm. ocean in India than it's going to look like across the street here in Noonan. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, so that's huge and. I also uh, like the fact that you said, you know, you're talking about how some of this idea about the weekend uh, started years ago. There was a really uh, almost more of a seeker-targeted mm -hmm. type yeah. of service. And I, I would like to think that uh, that seeker-sensitive is just saying, you know, we're, we're sensitive to the fact mm -hmm. that a person might be new to church, mm -hmm. but we're not designing everything yeah. We're, we're designing everything with both a new person but a believer, yeah. both in mind, right? Yeah. So yeah. in in terms of what some of that looks like uh, here at Crossroads, give, give, what about some nuts and bolts? What does that look like in terms of music, dress, yeah, so facilities? Nuts and bolts. So uh, when we're talking culturally relevant, um, 
it, it's and and being sensitive to where people are at uh, you can take something as fashion says a lot mm -hmm. uh, the way that you dress mm -hmm. says a lot about you and the way that right. I dress says a lot about me and uh, so we're not trying to conform people to our image mm -hmm. um, but we are trying to present our absolute best in this yeah. moment so yeah. from how we dress says something so we have dress standards for people mm -hmm. uh to the standard in which we execute the music that we're playing mm -hmm. um so we try to play music for our context mm -hmm. that has a feel that works here <clears throat> um and then there's standards to it of saying hey we want to we don't just want to show up and play whatever we want to play it, yeah. it it doesn't work in that way um if everyone was doing their own part it sounded like yeah. chaos um and then even like from the the side of welcoming people in our facilities we have standards around that mm -hmm. of we want them to be clean no one wants to you know mm -hmm. if you think of showing up at someone's house no one wants to pull mm -hmm. up to a house and mm -hmm. you're just like I, I don't know how i feel about walking in there right now yeah. and so we have things that are set they look nice yeah. with people greeting in a way that say hey this is this is friendly that's yeah. breaking down walls for people yeah. in that way yeah great examples man and so you know if you think about it um you know we we look at things like you know uh the language that we use mm -hmm. we try to use language that is relevant mm -hmm. now i might use some illustrations that are dated yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i'm an old dude but man, you use so. football a lot <laughs> and that's very relevant that's relevant to the southeast <laughs> baby and so you got to use uh relevant language yeah. uh you know and, and i think this is huge man this is you know you're talking about relevant music and really we would call it modern worship right mm -hmm. and so yeah. uh you know this is what I, I think is so important because this people even to this day want to debate on mm -hmm. whether or not we ought to be doing the modern worship screens mm -hmm. and all this kind of stuff band versus the old traditional thing mm -hmm. and here's the key is that worship ought to be more about the mission Mm -hmm. of, you know, helping people become fully trained disciples yeah. than it is about a particular style. Yeah. And so I would say that Jesus is for whatever, whatever style of music is most effective mm -hmm. at driving the mission. Yeah. What do you think of that? I would 100% agree with that. Of the, People like getting caught up on style because we all have our preferences. Mm -hmm. um, and I think one of my favorite passages when it teaches on corporate gatherings is Paul in 1 Corinthians. And it has nothing to do with music, but he's talking about just the confusion and people having their preferences with spiritual gifts. And there's this part in there where he says, you know, if an unbeliever is in your presence, what they need to know is they walk out saying God's in this place. Mm. And that has nothing to do with style and that has nothing That's to do right. with preference. That has everything to do with us saying, God, what do you want to do in this moment? Um, and so even in Crossroads context, we have youth that happens on Wednesday night. The style that takes place on our youth Wednesday night is different than what takes place right. on our weekends. And that's okay because it's targeted towards Here's the sound of this people. Here's what works for right. this age group. Um, and so I think we're our own worst enemies at times when we bring our preferences into mm -hmm. this idea of mission and how, how it's right. trying to help people encounter the presence right. of God. Yeah, and you know, I, I think this is important too, man. I think that we have to be, 
if if we say that that the mission is what we're about, then I think we have to be willing to say if if there is a better style of music than yeah. what we're doing right now that reaches more people or helps yeah. connect more people to Christ that's more relevant, we got to be willing to change what yeah. we're doing, you yeah. know, and uh, and, and we got to be willing to to let the mission dictate. Mm-hmm. what we do in the weekend versus the yeah. weekend dictate because that's why I think a lot of churches are struggling today yeah. is because they've get they've been more locked into a style than yeah. they are locked into the mission and we could easily get in that place as well we could of just saying no this is this is how we do it and so yeah. we're always evaluating saying yeah. how is this hitting the mark is yeah. this moving the mission forward yeah um is the sound of this moving the mission yeah. forward is the style is the lyrical phrasing of things helping yeah. move the mission forward in this way yeah because everything that is traditional was once contemporary correct yeah <laughs> it's true and, and what and what is contemporary today yeah in a few years from now will be traditional yeah, yeah. and so you have to keep asking the question yeah what what is relating people without compromising the truth correct right so we do have um, our, our standards of how we pick songs, uh, there's a team of people that will weigh in on it. Um, you will weigh in on it as well. And our heart behind it is always to say, do we have biblical truth in singing this song? Mm-hmm. Um, because there's a lot of songs that make us feel good, but we're, yeah. we're not here just to, we are here to build faith within people. Right. And that does happen through praise and worship. But right. we're also here to share the message of Jesus. And that right. happens through these songs right. that are truth-filled songs. Yeah, and, and to your point, I mean, God has created us both intellectual but mm-hmm. also emotional. Yeah. And so we want to appeal to both of those, right? And, yeah, and they're not, I think sometimes we view them as opposition of we need to sing these songs. You know, there's some thoughts of deep theological truth. And um, I, I think it was Karl Barth that said the greatest thing he knows is that Jesus loves me, this I know, for mm-hmm. the Bible tells me so, which is just a simple children's nursery rhyme type song. So we are trying to sing theological truth, but there is something about feeling, and there's some songs that evoke yeah. a lot of feeling and emotion. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Yeah. We just don't want to be one or the other. Yeah. It's m- that's good. Trying to combine that's that. That's good. Trying to find the balance, yeah. right? Yeah, that's good. So we've talked a lot about... Uh, you know, being relevant, but we also, uh, we want the weekend experience to be excellent, don't mm-hmm. we? Yeah. And so uh, why why is that important? Um, so the, the statement I, I try to help our team gather around is um, how we define excellence. It, it does matter because excellence is not perfection. Mm. We're, we are never going to be perfect at what we do. Um, excellence is rather bringing our new best every single yeah. time. And what we believe is excellence honors God and inspires people. Yeah. Um, none of us really like honestly like mediocrity. So mm. why would we be acceptable mm. in the church context? Mm. If we're really trying to help people become fully trained disciples, we want to help them do that in an excellent way. So we're yeah. going to bring our absolute best in this yeah. way. Yeah, because you know you could easily say, you know, you go to a uh, maybe a facility in a conference room mm-hmm. or a hotel, and you go, "Wow, this is now that." Or even in some churches, you walk yeah. in and go, "Wow, that's that." But it but it isn't about uh, it isn't about uh, the 
it isn't about the expense Correct. that you have, but it's about the quality. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. The quality, like you know, you may have a a, a simple facility, but you can have it taken care of with excellence. Yes. So in the uh, probably the best example I could use is because of what I do in leading worship. When we talk excellence, some people would say excellence is having, when it comes to a worship set, a full band up there. You have guitars. In our context, you have guitars, you have drums, you have keys, you have the lights going, you have all of this going on. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's excellent. The question that we're always asking is, Mm -hmm. how do we transfer that, though, to a setting where it's just two people, one with the acoustic guitar and another person? Can you be excellent in that setting? And the answer is yes, because this is about saying this this is set well, this is set in a place for people to encounter God, and I'm bringing my absolute best in this moment. Yeah. Yeah. So So if we have an environment that is is relevant to where Mm -hmm. people are at, that is done with excellence, and then that it is an encounter Mm -hmm. with the living Christ, then that's... That's a great weekend experience, wouldn't you agree? I would agree, yeah. Yeah. And so what are the things that we can do to try to make sure people are, or or to try to facilitate that encounter with Christ? You mentioned a few of them already, but what what would you say? Um, So we we had briefly talked about it. We we try, when people are like coming in, we try to break down as many walls as we possibly can. Um, So we try to put like friendly people as our first line of people walking in. <laughs> you know, helps. you don't want someone like pointing fingers and saying, uh, well, you don't look dressed right to come in here. And I've seen you yeah. in forever. <laughs> yeah. So we don't want that. I mean, we want, like Jesus was welcoming, you know, you just see people drawn to him. And so that's, that's one of them uh, that we try to do to help people encounter Christ mm-hmm. of like, where's hands and his feet? Let's do this in a really practical way. Uh, they come in. Um, some of the things that we've talked about is we, we make our worship all about Jesus. Like we mm-hmm. try to, in every single worship set that we sing, sing um, at least one song that speaks to, as I articulated, the finished work of Jesus. So his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension, and how we've been saved by his mm-hmm. grace through faith. Yeah. And so we try to keep that and make that <clears throat> yeah. a priority. And uh, biblical teaching, that primarily falls mm-hmm. on you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've yet to sit in one of our services mm. where we don't open up the Bible right. and there's not scripture in there. Right. Uh, and so this isn't a right. pastor's opinion right. on the latest things. Right. This is, we're right. going to open up God's word and we're going to see what good. he has to say mm-hmm. for our life. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, that's so. good. Yeah, so, uh, so I believe, and I know you agree with this, that if those are the factors if you will for that weekend Mm -hmm. experience that people are going to say i have encountered christ and i believe there's a high percentage that they'll say i want to come back yeah i want more yeah and our goal is not that that be the end correct but that that will just be another step Mm -hmm. in them connecting to community Mm -hmm. and so uh, they have to eventually get from the crowd mm-hmm. to becoming a part of the church. Yeah. And that's where we invite them to join what we call Next Steps, mm-hmm. which is an assimilation process mm-hmm. where we help people find a Christ-centered small group yeah. where they can start serving uh, yeah. serving in ministry with their spiritual mm-hmm. gift. And yeah. so 
so those are all uh, really equally as important as the things that we're doing in the weekend, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. they are. And we try to always have a next step for people yeah. of giving them a practical, whether it is the language of next steps and we have that starting yeah. or you do a teaching where it's talking about uh, yeah. all of us need to be in community yeah. and encouraging and challenging. If you're not in community, take that step. Yeah. So. And, and, and every week, every week, every we give week. people an opportunity to yes. respond yes. in some way. Yes. I think that's important. So, um, so then really kind of land in this part of it is the, uh, the last thing is just that uh, we want the, we believe that the, uh, the weekend experience, it just ought to be biblical, right? Mm-hmm. And that it is biblical. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we find over and over again, uh, Jesus was consistently going to the synagogue mm-hmm. on the Sabbath. Uh, we see it in the book of Acts. We see mm-hmm. it in Psalms. We see it in mm-hmm. Hebrews. So, um, so you have a thought on that? Just why, uh, you know, why we need to gather uh, corporately like this? Uh, I have a ton of thoughts on it, but I'll try to keep it short and simple. <laughs> God knows that we need more than just uh, community. Community matters. Mm. It really does. Mm. Um, he knows we need more than that, though, of just a, hey, I have my friends. We are the church of God. We are the people of God. And he has called us to gather as his people. And he knows it's for our good. And so the thought of God's always at work for his glory and our good. When the church gathers, it makes a statement to the world around us that we are all about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that we're all, we are setting time aside to gather in this way. So there's a statement of we are people of God for the glory of God. But then he also, and this is this part that I don't know if we'll ever fully understand. Um, it's really hard to gather. It, you know, like when Jesus, when people encountered Jesus, their lives were changed. Mm. Like when, when Jesus spoke, people, they had to respond, whether in a positive or a negative way. When, when people are asking to be healed, he responds, he moves in that way. And so when we gather, we really believe that the presence of God is made known in that place. There's something that happens that when the people of God gather, the presence of God is in that place, mm. and he begins to move in the lives of people. Mm. And so withholding that of just saying like, hey, that's not for me, I don't need that, um, I think one, we're missing out on what really could take place, but two, we're missing out on the fact that we get to be a part of this. Mm. We mm. get to be a part yeah. of seeing God move in the lives of people. Yeah. Um, and so I don't fully understand it, but I really believe in it. And I, mm. I, I, I have been telling our team lately of just like, I get excited every time that we get mm. together on the weekends. Mm. I know it's not all about the weekends, but right. I get really excited when yeah. the church gets together yeah. and lift up the name of Jesus. Yes, yeah. that's cool, man. You know, and I, I would just add this, that as a, uh, as a, a lead pastor, I can just tell you that uh, one of the things that makes all the difference in the world is when you have a worship pastor that is first and foremost a disciple maker and uh and 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 honestly and and you know this but that literally uh just changes everything because when your worship pastor understand well first of all when your worship pastor is committed to making disciples and understands that the reason the church exists is to help people go from being untrained to fully trained disciples that makes this whole thing so much better so much 
I, I want to say uh, easier, but mm-hmm. easier is not necessarily the word. Uh, simpler is the right. word. And uh, so it, it is huge. If you, um, if you can find a worship pastor uh, that is a disciple maker, then you can be way down the field in that process. And I would add that the best way to find a worship pastor that is a disciple-making pastor is first and foremost is to be a lead pastor that is a disciple-making pastor. And, uh, and one of the ways that that can happen is for you to learn what that means and what the priorities are of a disciple-making pastor, which is a good opportunity for me to tell you about a online equipping group that we are about to start on October the 27th. Uh, I'm going to be leading this group personally. Uh, it is called our Disciple Making Pastor Equipping Group. Uh, it's about a uh, about a six week commitment, and uh, you can go to impactdisciples.com. You can click the link down below. It'll take you straight to that. And we still have we keep it limited to just. Uh, about eight to 12 people, and we have a few more spots that are open for this next equipping group that's starting uh, in just a little over a week. So uh, if you're interested in being a part of that, uh, connect with us uh, at Impact, and we would love to get you uh, signed up and registered for that. And then one other thing, and uh, Jasper, you're a big part of this, is that coming up in January is uh, an annual event we've started doing a couple years ago called our Disciple Making Summit, January 27th and 28th. Uh, starts on a Friday night and goes through uh, Saturday where we're just really bringing in people to help um, champion the value of movements of multiplication, being the church, being a movement of multiplication. And so you're going to want to go to the link on the screen and uh, find out more about how you can register for that. We also will be having, uh, during the day on Friday, some uh, pre-summit conferences, and we'll be having a youth track, uh, which is going to be hosted by Sun Life Ministries, and also we'll be having a church and pastor track and a pastor's wives track. So uh, we got a lot of good stuff happening, man. And uh, you can get all the information that you need at uh, impactdisciples.com. And then I think also, too, you can uh, reach out to uh, uh, to Jasper if you're a worship Absolutely. leader and you want to know more about how we try to create a compelling weekend experience. Right. Uh, you can just go to Crossroads Noonan website and find his email address. It's probably the best way yeah. to connect yeah. with you as well. Absolutely. So uh, so anyway, thanks for joining me, man. Thanks for having me. And uh, we uh, really do want to help you Uh, figure out how your church can become a disciple-making church. So we'll see you again uh, in a month from now.